Hi, I'm Anthony Sharon, pastor of First Assembly of God of Greater Lansing, better known as GL First. I hope this message connects you to God's Word and His vision for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. All right. Man, that was good. You guys can go home now. <laughs> that was it. We preached. We're done. Did, did anybody pick up some characteristics? Okay. And, and the reason I did this is uh, not necessarily because it's Mother's Day, but I was um, bouncing around ideas for this message. And we knew the parable because we've been going through parables. That's what we started. And I, I was like, man, do I, do I hold off on our series and do a Mother's Day message uh, like I've done in the past, or do I, do I press forward and go into this? And, and so I was, I was tossing that around, and a crazy thing happened. As I was reading this parable, all I kept thinking about was mothers. In uh, the parable, if you have your sheet, um, you should see on it, it's the faithful servant, right? The faithful and wise servant is what we're going through. And that's found in Matthew 24, 45 through 51. You'll also find this same parable in uh, Mark and, uh, and in Luke as well, okay? But we're going to concentrate right here on Matthew 24, all right? And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about my mother um, without going into too much detail, somebody asked me, what am I grateful for uh, with my mother? My mother was 14 when she had me. And I think back in the 70s, and it's the same answer I, I give and come uh, to, is this, is that at 14 years old, she had a biracial uh, kid in a time that that was not normal. Okay, in the 70s, that, that wasn't as, as common as it is today. And through all the pressures of life, through all the pressures of everything, I, I think the greatest thing that she did for me was keep me. She kept me. That, I, I'm always amazed by that. How, I mean, I look at my kids, and I've, had, I've got five kids, and they've, four of them have went through the age of 14. And I think to myself, man, how in the world did my mother do it? I'm seeing 14-year-olds, and there's no way. But somehow God equips his people for the job and the task at hand. He does. And, and that's, we sing these songs about trusting in, in Jesus. And, and I know that uh, through all of the uh, life's ups and downs, through this year that has been uh, fractured, through relationships that have been fractured, through relationships that have been lost because of uh, uh, the passing of loved ones. I mean, you, you name it, all the pressures. God still is equipping his people for the task that he has for them. He's equipping them. Pastor Kurt, who... Uh, I was saved under, who was the pastor of this church, told me something uh, a long time ago when I first started in ministry. He said, uh, the title that you receive isn't for everybody else. It's for you. It speaks power into your life. It, it gives you a, an expectation, a thing to live up to. To strive for this this title of pastor children's pastor back then is something that that only you will be empowered by you're going to be empowered by this because you're gonna have to strive to live for that you're gonna have to rely on God for everything because I'm gonna tell you I didn't feel equipped back then to do the work I didn't feel equipped I, I don't feel equipped now but thank God that he is here to do and fill in the gaps that are needed that's what God does. I, I can tell you this. Uh, one thing that every mother has in common, they do not feel equipped for the job and task at hand all the time. Is, is, that, is that true? That's true, right? It doesn't matter, man. I'm telling you, 
It's there, but God equips you. God fulfills the title if you allow him to. This parable comes down to this. It comes down to a choice. That's all it is. It's a choice. Do I live up to the title that has been handed to me or not? That's only a choice that you can make. This is a reminder to uh, the disciples that Jesus had by his side through all of the, the, the ups and downs in their life. He observed his disciples and he, he seen how fragile their faith was. He seen how fragile their lives were. He knew that they would be tempted every single step. The higher they go in the, in the um, uh, hierarchy, the, the, the more temptation is going to knock at your door. He knew they would be tempted. He knows that every single mother is being tempted. He knows that every single father is being tempted. He knows that every single child is being tempted. He knows that every single believer is being tempted, especially during this time. Especially during this time. So I want to read this parable to you real quick. And I want you to hear all of those testimonies all of those characteristics of a mother and, and begin to place them in here and start to pull out and, and may this parable come to life as, as, as the living word of God to breathe life into you, to uh, really awaken. Maybe, may, I pray that you can imagine and picture what is happening. So let's read this together. Matthew 24, 45 through 51 says this, who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if the wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that today would be an encouragement, a wake-up call a wake-up call in a, in a time where a lot of believers seem to have fallen asleep. Seem to have shut their eyes. Father, I pray that we open our eyes, that we open our hearts, that we open our minds to the possibilities of what can be. I pray that we begin to live up to the title in which you have given us. The title of believer. The title of Christ follower. The title of mom, the title of dad, whatever that title is, Father, I pray that we would wake up and that we would allow you to impart vision into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds. Father, give us a glimpse of how good you are, how big you are, how big your dreams are for each and every single one of us, Lord. Father, I pray that you would do a, a mighty work in our hearts and our minds, and that we would fall in love with you, that our hearts would, would, would beat praises to your name, that we would find who it is that we are meant to be in your name. Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Each and every single one of you has... Um, potential. You know that? Each and every single one of you has a grand potential that is living inside of you. And my, my heart is that it, you awaken to that, that potential, that you begin to live up to that potential. Today is, is, is Mother's Day. Um, and I was wondering if, uh, 
Well, did anybody forget to text their mom? You better do it right now. You can pull out your phone and do it. Go ahead. Okay. No judgment. This message is one that I hope will uh, help bring a, a focus on, on who we are as parents, moms, dads, children, as, as people of God. I, I want to bring a, a unified focus around God's will for your life. We are called, each and every one of us, to be servants. As we respond to the love that God has shown us in the person of Jesus, um, he is also empowering us through his Holy Spirit. That's what empowers us. I want to point out right now, as we, uh, as we start this message, um, that this message is, is not about doing more. Okay, because we, we make that mistake often. We think, oh, I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more praying. I got to do more reading. I got to do more. I got to do more. It, this is not about simply doing more, but it's about being intentional about what it is that we actually do do. About the intentional nature that we engage with those that we have been entrusted to serve. Each and every single one of you has a people group that you've been entrusted to serve. You understand that? Okay, you do. It's about our relationship with God, about uh, the, the faithfulness that we each should have to God, about responding to his still, small voice rather than our own loud voice and desires. It's about holiness. It's about service. I love the fact that, that God knows us intimately. You know that? God knows each and every single one of us. And here's the, here's the cool thing. God, I, I believe, knew me before I was even born. Do you guys believe that? Okay, and here's, here's proof to that. Uh, because in the beginning, God created all these commands. If you read through the Old Testament, there's like over 600 commands. And then he said, you know what? I got to shorten it. These people just don't get it. So I'm going to give you just 10. And then you look in the New Testament and he said, no, 10 is too many. I'm going to give you two. <laughs> he said, just simply love God and love others. Those are the two commands. And I believe he wrote it for me. He was like, dude, you can't even do these two, let alone 600 something. You know what I mean? So uh, we're going to give you just two. Focus on those two. Loving God, loving others, because whatever we do uh, to others, there are outcomes that either serve good or serve evil. We either help or we hurt others. Do you understand that? You either help or you hurt. Which one do you choose? If we look at Matthew 24, we, uh, we get this description of a servant. This passage, I want to be very clear uh, because I'm telling you a long time ago, I used to read this and I used to think that it was about two servants, but it's not. It's about one servant. And this one servant has a choice. Either you can be faithful and wise or you can be wicked. The difference between these actions is the servant's focus on what he or she is doing and who they are doing it for. We could ask, what is the servant's intention? What is your intention? Remember last week um, that this teaching is about the, the, the coming uh, of the master, right? Last week we talked about that. A lot of Christ's parables are about that. They're kind of about his second coming, okay? So this one is no different. Jesus is teaching about his return. Jesus taught this to his immediate disciples at a very uh, uh, close time to the end of his ministry. Jesus believed that this message was what his disciples needed to hear. Why? Well, because they're human, just like us. And we don't always make the right choices, do we? They're wicked just like the next man or next woman. And he wanted them to realize that they had a choice. 
They had a choice. So he gives us a description of a, a faithful and a wise servant, okay? And, and so in the gospel, a faithful and wise servant, they, they did a few things. They were about their master's business. Uh, the master, we find out, is out of town, all right? And the servant was being wise and holding himself accountable in his servants to his master. And we could say, uh, we could say as I was doing this, I, I thought um, something came to mind. I say, I say he a lot because in the Bible, it, usually they refer to people as he. Uh, and, and there was a culture where that was okay but today on Mother's Day, I think we need to switch it to she. You guys okay with that? Okay, anybody offended? <laughs> just checking, just checking. So we're going to do that. If you are offended, come back next week. We'll, we'll go back. Okay? Holding herself accountable in her service to her master. And we could say um, that... Uh, uh, they lived each day like it was the day the master would return. So here's a question. Like this servant, do we live each day as if the, this is the day that our master, do you guys understand who our master is? Christ, right? Do we live today as if Christ was returning today? What would you change about the way you serve? What would you change about the way you go about your daily life if this was on the forefront of your mind at all time? The wise servant got on with her uh, duties, looked after all the other servants in the household, ensured that the other servants had their food at a proper time. It was crazy as I read this. I, I'm telling you, the more I read this, the more I pictured a mother. This is all that Jesus mentioned, um, that this servant's duty was to ensure the other servants got their food at a proper time. She was responsible for ensuring that they ate, that they ate. Now, we don't really know how long the master was gone for, okay? Um, we just know that it was a long time. How many of you guys know that a long time is kind of an open-ended thing? Okay, uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, if I say I'm going for a Slurpee, I'll be right back. A long time would probably be an hour, right? Like you were gone for a long time to go get a Slurpee. What were you doing? None of your business. <laughs> there were people that went off to the Second World War and they were gone four years, some a little longer. Is that a long time? There's a story about, I read about a tradesman who went out uh, to the hotel in, in a town. Uh, his wife asked him to bring a loaf of bread home, okay? And when the crew of the ship that were drinking at that hotel heard he was a tradesman, they decided to kidnap him. That would be in nautical terms, Shanghai, right? And he arrived 12 years later with a loaf of bread. That's a long time, right? That's a long time. A long time is open-ended. Let's say that this wise servant did her job, let's say, 18 years. Okay? Let's say that's a long time. You understand what I'm saying with 18 years? The master of the house would uh, not have left her empty-handed. There would be things that the master would have left her so that she could do her job for an extended period of time. See, I'm sure that there, there must have been a budget. Uh, there would need to be access to funds or at least the expectation of earning funds. There would be the need uh, to be, uh, have instructions on how she should uh, do her job. The parable implies that the master doesn't usually put an irresponsible person in charge. The bigger the household means the more responsibilities. Probably lots of servants that need to be fed. 
Maybe there was a farm attached to the household, a business uh, that, that they were providing wealth um, to the household. See, back in the day, a household could have been all of these things. So the wife servant uh, oversaw the house, servants and their meals. They had to be fed at a proper time. The wife servant was in charge of one function in the household. So what's involved in actually getting meals at the right time? Anybody do some cooking? Okay, do, you, you can't, if you really wanted, I heard, I heard meal prep up here, right? Who does meal prep on the weekends? Oh, look at that, look at that. That's a lot of work, right? That's not like, oh, let's just go in the fridge and see what we got and pop it in, right? There has to be planning. What's involved in getting meals at the right time? Let's say three meals a day. What is needed? This might come as a surprise to those who don't cook. But getting three meals a day prepared is not a small task. You'll need a menu, maybe a, a recipe book, a shopping list. Visits to the market, ensuring that the right things are harvested from the garden, from the estate farms. The butcher has to have the orders in time. You can't just go to it back in the day and go, yeah, I need some steaks. We're cooking them up in the next half hour. Like, hold up, man, I got I to gotta slaughter a cow. Gotta, uh, I got to blood it. I got to carve it. All this stuff. You got to give me more time. I need at least, you know, a day. Then I got to age it. Do you want this stuff aged or not? Yeah, I like old cows. They would have to, eggs, they'd have to get them collected or have them brought to the house. The fish seller has orders to fulfill, so you have to get to them in the right time. Maybe they have to actually fish for their food. The bread has to be baked. My wife was baking bread yesterday. Is, is that just something that you can just put on the table? That takes some time, especially if it's leavened bread. I think that's the right term, where it rises up. You, you can't pop it in the microwave and get risen bread. It doesn't work like that. Man, at, at the very minimum, you need cash to buy the ingredients. You need money. You need a means to do this. Maybe you need somebody to do the cooking because it's a big old thing. Maybe you have a kitchen staff. I heard somebody, AJ, Pastor AJ was saying that um, they hire somebody to clean the house. Yeah, I caught that. Oh, it's an example. Oh. I'm just saying, you got to plan for that kind of stuff. Right? You got a budget for that kind of stuff. The right tools in the kitchen need to be, you can't just cook bread with just a spoon. You have to have some stuff. You have to manage things. You have to have a way to serve the food. You got to make sure the bowls, plates, uh, silverware, the, the cups for the, the, the drinks. You got to get the drinks. You got to make sure that they're the right drinks. You got to make sure that the, the, the kitchen is stocked with the right pots and the pans. Do you get what I'm saying? That this one task is not just one task, people. This one thing that might seem so simple is not so simple. There are things involved in this process. This is one responsibility that, that, that involves so many different aspects. You know what that's like? That's like motherhood. It's like motherhood. They say, oh, yeah, yeah, you just, you, you got to feed the baby. Feeding the baby is not just feeding the baby, people. There's a whole gambit of things you got to do to get to that point. This would be a daily routine, a very important routine as, as, as the servants that, that, that aren't fed. Do you understand that servants and people that aren't fed don't perform? You understand that? 
they fail to meet expectations. How many of you guys, man, if you didn't feed your kids, they don't perform in school. Man, do you know that one of the top things in taking the SATs is not studying, it's not know your words and your math and all that stuff. It's not that. It's not even have a number two pencil. It's eat a healthy breakfast. I, man, every, every time in school, I'd be like, man, that's, that's ridiculous. You're saying I can score higher on my SAT if I eat? Mm-mm. Studies have shown Studies have shown this is an important task. The wise servant had to be very intentional about her job. Jesus sums this servant up by saying that if the master returns and finds this happening, the servant will be put in charge of greater things, all of the master's possessions. Doing this job right had an effect on the master's happiness. It affected the servant's future happiness. It, in, it, it affected the, the servant's future employment. It affected other positions. It affected the servant's position, but the ones that they're serving, it affected their positions. Because how many of you know, if, if the, if the ser- head servant gets lifted up and rose up, that they, they take people with them. It affects everybody around. Think about that, man. If the mother does the job that the mother has been given and they do it right, the outcome is, is these kids that do life right. Now, they got their own free will and all that good stuff too, right? But they, we're not getting into that. We're talking about cause and effect. Cause and effect. More often than not, the people that are around the one that gets lifted up and elevated, they get elevated as well. Luke 12, 48 says this, but the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much has given, of him much will be required. And from him or her, to whom they entrusted much, they will demand more. This passage is almost identical to the one about the wise servant, but it's in Luke's gospel. It's basically saying that position comes with responsibility. Do we leave, live each day as if it's the day that the master will return? Do we set your planning not just, see, there's a, there's a balance here. There's living as if the master's going to return today, but planning in a way that you can sustain for years to expect more out of this household. The servant here has a choice. It appears there was a decision made at some stage. The boss is, is away for a long time. Will I take liberties? Will I play by my own rules? It will be that this uh, servant's character was not all that his master thought it was, or are you going to fulfill the vision that the master had on the servant? How many of you guys know sometimes power can go to people's heads? It can happen to moms, it can happen to dads, and we get our focus shifted on the wrong things. And when we do that, it messes up the flow of the entire household. It messes it up. The unwise servant, the one that messed things up. Do you know that that person was probably lazy? And we can get lazy, especially over this last year. We can start cutting corners. We can start doing whatever. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not of God. God says, hey, wake up, people. 
Wake up and start doing what it is that you are called to do, even if it feels like nobody's watching. Even if it feels like the master hasn't been around for a while. Here's the reality of the situation. You can't always control the circumstances. I've told you that over and over and over again. Even your situations, but you can always choose your attitude. And this servant, the one that they talk about in the second part, is the one that had the wrong attitude. They weren't willing to deny themselves. That's what a mother has to do. My mom wasn't, it wasn't something that she thought about doing at 14 years old. But all of a sudden, she got elevated to this position. And I'm telling you, man, she embraced it. And her heart started to follow along. She didn't do everything right. How can you at 14 years old? Sometimes, you know, we, we think, man, you know, these, these, these kids, these other people, these other people in the house, they can sort out their own meals. See, when we have the wrong attitude as the head of the household, it starts to trickle down. And you know what happens? People start to grumble. People start to complain. People start having the wrong attitudes everywhere in the household. It messes up everything. I know this for a fact. My wife's attitude, more so than my attitude, dictates dictates the flow of the house. Why? Because she's the head of the household. She's the head servant in that household. She's the one that's been given charge of the kids. She's the one that's been given charge of, of, of making this thing go. Yeah, I'm the spiritual priest. But she's the head. There's something different about the love that a mother has. There's something different that, that kids, they have a different kind of love for their mothers. It's amazing. I watch it. You can deny it all you want to, but I'm telling you, God has imparted something on behalf of the mothers in this church, in our lives, and in this world. In here, we get this choice. We get this this divide. It, we, we know what happens when, when the, the, the servant, the, the mother is, is faithful and wise, but there's something that happens when they choose to be wicked. It starts to mess things up. Man, I'm telling you, they, they take the, uh, the, the, the budget for the food and they end up blowing it. Who cares? It doesn't look like the master's returning anytime soon anyways. If the servant is wicked, the master says that he will cut them to pieces and assign her or him to a place with the hypocrites. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound good, right? But I'm telling you right now, if you look and you peek inside of people's household, there is a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth going on. Man, I, I'm telling you, man, mental health has skyrocketed off the chart over this last year alone because our households have been turned into a chaotic mess. I believe that this, this parable was a wake-up call, was a wake-up call to his disciples, and I believe that it's a wake-up call to every single one of us. Open your eyes, open your ears, start following the one. Start following the one. We as believers in Jesus Christ have a responsibility like the servant is given. Think about where you are in life right now. Are you a parent? Well, you've been given responsibility over God's children. Are you a child? You are in training right now to be given more responsibility in the future. If you are a believer, no matter where you are in life, this parable speaks to you. How you handle the responsibilities that you have been entrusted. 
how you handle God's finances. It speaks to the attitude of which you have and conduct yourself with. It speaks to who you serve. Do you serve yourself or do you serve God? Are you the master of your life? Or are you answering to the master? Are you serving to fulfill your will or are you trying to fulfill the will of God? There's a section here about the feeding of God's um, other servants. Normally we skip over this part when we, we preach, but you know what? I started to dive a little bit deeper into this and I thought, man, here's the thing. We have been given leeway in the way that we manage our households. There's a lot of latitude in our roles. Some choose uh, to spend all day sleeping. There's one, uh, no one uh, around to keep an eye on things. We can spend all day in the garden. We can go all day and go fishing. We can uh, skip out on, uh, uh, of the uh, appointment and do whatever we want. We have that latitude and that freedom. We can do whatever we want with our finances. Some choose to give uh, God what, what is his, while others don't. There are many cases of people who have given into what we would call temptation. See, the tempter right now has been knocking all year long. The tempter has been speaking real loud and real clear to a lot of people all year long. And this is what Jesus was pointing out to his disciples, those great saints of the church, martyrs for our Lord. And I believe that Jesus meant this parable, like I said, to be a wake-up call. I believe he meant it to be a wake-up call for us today in this time. There's so much temptation to run around crazy because it might feel as if your master has been away for a long time. We can convince ourselves that we don't need certain things the Lord says that we do uh, during these times. We don't need prayer. We don't need to give to the church. We don't need to give God back what is his. We, we, we can do whatever we want. You have choices. What will your attitude be to serve others or to serve yourself, to serve his will or to serve yours? In a spiritual sense, I believe that, that Jesus is using a metaphor in this story. He is given a picture of a few things, the physical feeding and the spiritual feeding. In John's gospel, Jesus declares that, that he is the bread of life. John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, or, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. When he's having a conversation with the devil in, in uh, the gospel of Matthew, in, in Matthew 4, 4, he says this, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is our role as good and wise and faithful servants to feed the other servants, not just food, but on the teachings of Jesus, on the word. It is our role as parents to lead our kids to the bread of life. It is our role as believers to serve not just those who are taking part in our household at the time, but also those that we are called to bring into the household. As Christ's servants, we help build his kingdom. Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. So what is, what is it that the servant who is wise should be doing? Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Are we believers that are well-fed on the words that come from the mouth of God or on the words that come from the, the mouth of our TVs, the mouth of our social media, the mouth of our friends, the, the, the mouth that's, that's living inside of our brains? Do we live each day like it is the day that the master is returning? But setting our plans for his household for years ahead.
not only feeding them with scripture, but showing them good character. That's what I heard in every single testimony. It wasn't just the feeding of the food, but it was the feeding of the soul. And it was the showing them good character. We are reflectors of holiness. That's what we are meant to be. That's what I think we need to wake up to again this year. In every single household. Don't live on the past testimonies of what was, but make it what is today. Let me ask you a question. Are you able to hear the voice of God when we go to him in prayer? Because I'm telling you, the head, the head servant can do nothing apart from the master. The head servant can do nothing without the instruction from the master. You know, our prayers can be hindered in many different ways, and I listed them on your sheet there. So let me ask you this. Uh, do you feel like you have a prayer that wasn't heard, that hasn't been heard this year? Then I, I think you need to examine your life. Your life as a servant of Christ. Do you know that some of the reasons that, that people's uh, prayers aren't heard is because men treat their wives badly? They've been entrusted with this. And they're going to have to hand that wife back to the Lord. You understand that? And the Lord makes it very clear in 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. That means shut up and stop talking sometimes and do some hearing. Circle understanding way, right? Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. I believe that women have a special connection, not just with children, but a special connection with God, a special connection with the Holy Spirit. I believe that. I believe that so much that men, I don't believe you should move and do anything until your wife hears from the Lord too. You think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Stay, stay put because I'm telling you, the, the Holy Spirit will speak to your wife. And, it, and it, man, and, and, if, and if he doesn't, continue to pray. Continue to pray together until you both get a word. Because that connection, I'm telling you right now, is, is so strong. And, and if you're a woman in here right now, I'm telling you right now, and you're not feeling it, then you better get on your knees and start opening up your heart and start speaking to God because God wants to speak to you and God wants to speak through you. Lack of forgiveness is another reason why our prayers can be hindered. <laughs> I was just talking to um, Howard uh, before church, and uh, he asked me, uh, did I learn anything at the, uh, I was at district council this week, and did I learn anything? I said, no, I, I, uh, I learned one thing. It was the last night, and it was the fourth point of this lady's uh, sermon. You remember what the fourth point is, Dr. Quang? You will. You will. She, she, she stood up. She looked at everybody and she said, refuse to be offended. And I got to tell you, you guys, want, you guys want transparency and honesty? I was looking at the crowd and I was thinking, man, I don't understand why we're this way. I don't understand why certain people are this way. And I don't understand why an organization is this way. How what can we turn a blind eye to certain uh, groups of people and different things? I mean, all this stuff is going through my mind. And, and, the, and the more it's going through my mind, the more offended I am getting at everybody in the crowd who has no idea I'm even there. And then she took, looks up to me and says, refuse to be offended. And I'm telling you, that pierced. I, I had to get my phone out. I looked over to Paul. Uh, Pastor Paul, who was there with me, and I said, man, that 
needs to be a core value of our church. That's got to be a core value. Something that we strive for, something that we've got to remind ourselves daily because if we're not, then our prayers will be hindered. It will affect you in so many different ways. And I've got a lot of stuff in here that I've got to get out. I've got to give it to God. I've got to let him heal. I'm telling you, man, every single one of us, if you look in the mirror, you probably got some PTSD from how you were raised. Right? It's funny, but it's true. Like, that was messed up. Yeah, yeah. And it's your job to start forgiving. You don't got to forget. You don't got to repeat it. But you do got to forgive it. Mark eleven twenty five 25 through 26. And whenever you stand praying, that was meant for me because I have, I have had like nine knee surgeries. And they said, man, you got to stand while you pray, bro. I get you. Right on, Mark. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. Hmm. If you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Man, that's a conditional statement, people. Maybe you're sitting here still full of shame and guilt and the reason being is because you haven't forgiven. And then maybe God will start snatching that shame and that guilt from your heart and your shoulders and your life. And you can start living in the potential that God has breathed into your life. You can start dreaming about a life that only God can give you. And there's other reasons. There's doubt. You can read the scripture. For those that are online, we'll post, uh, we'll post a thing. Right, Pastor Paul? We can do that. Not keeping what you are asking for in the will of God. Basically, not praying outside of the will of God. How do you know the will of God? Well, you got to pray. You got to get in his word and you've got to know him. You can't know somebody's will without knowing who they are. Everybody wants all these answers for the life, but they don't want to go in and actually study who God is. You can't just get to know God by just reading the headlines, people. You can't do that. That's what we try to do today. We just want to know the whole story by the headlines. The headlines will lead you astray, people. The headlines doesn't give you any context. The headlines doesn't give you the point. The headlines don't point you in the right direction. It leaves the interpretation up to you. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're human. You're going to mess it up. You know what humans do? Humans make good water nasty. You ever put a dirty kid in a bathtub? That's what you all are, dirty kids in bathtubs. Right? If you don't have the will of God and you don't have the Holy Spirit speaking into you, you're just a little dirty kid in a bathtub. You make the water all muddy and nasty. You murky up the situation. You murky up your life. Living a sinful life, doing the same sins over and over and over again, expecting God to continue to bless you, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Proverbs 28, 9. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, meaning this, if you continue to do the same things that God is telling you not to do, even his prayer is an abomination. Man, that's a deep word. Do you guys understand the impact? Like that, that, that sentence shouldn't have a period. If I wrote that in a text, it would have an explanation, explanation, explanation point. Because I love explanation points when I text. Right? Some of you like to text with all caps. Not me, baby. I, I text with explanation points. Make my point. Some of you have the wrong motives when you pray. You need to wake up, man. Get in line with what God is telling you to do and pray for. Matter of fact, maybe you just need to stop and start praying in the Spirit. Because we are people of the Spirit, are we not? Aren't we people of the Spirit? The faithful and the wise servant sought after their master's will, not their own. Are we seeking to do the will of Jesus, our master?
Are you setting a good example for the servants that you are responsible for? Are you training them to be the faithful and wise servant of their own household? I'd like to point out this thing, too. And this is, this, uh, this is a question. I, I'm not just preaching to you guys. I'm preaching to me. I hope you, you understand that. We're just talking. We're all family. Are you forgiving? Are you helping the needy? Are you trying to live a holy life? Or is your life all jacked up and you're wondering why God isn't making things orderly and in fashion? We need to be feeding our fellow servants the word of God. Giving them good fellowship, companionship, and yeah, real food too. We got to be intentional, always intentional. You need to wake up on purpose. Stop waking up accidentally. Stop just wasting the days because I'm going to tell you, you're going to get to the end of the road and you know what you're going to want back? Those days you wasted. I'm going to tell you, every single person I've seen on the deathbed, you know what they want? More time. They want to be able to do this again. Oh, man, I wish I would have done this differently. Don't live like that. When it came down to it, the servant had one thing they needed to accomplish. And some failed, some fallen short. Not because they, they, they start out, I, I believe, with the wrong intention, but somewhere in their journey, they got distracted. And this year has distracted a lot of people and taken a lot of people to go in their own direction rather than following their master's leading. We all have that choice. And the challenge is this. It's for us to be solid in our commitment to God. That our wills are his. That our lives are directed by the Holy Spirit and used for God's good purpose. Thanks for joining us. I hope this message blessed you. Our goal is to connect you to God's people, God's word, and his mission for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Again, that's glfirst.org. Hope to see you next week. God bless.